Now, here are your hosts, John Eddy Jr. and Tom Tuttle. That's right. Wake up. It's not time to sleep, but it is time to talk about sleepers. Are you awake, Tom? I'm awake, I think. (laughs) That's good, I hope. (laughs) Before we get to our entire sleeper episode, we're going to talk a little bit about some extremely important news. Okay. Such as Andrew Luck throwing a regular (laughs) football. (laughs) It's not just that air football that I saw a meme of the other day. No, that that was his most important (laughs) pass of the offseason, but apparently he's actually throwing footballs. So, wow. We have uh, the confirmation now that everybody is going to jump on the Andrew Luck bandwagon. And of he is now not going to last until the 10th, 11th, 12th round, wherever you've been taking him. He's not going to be there anymore because people are going to take this and they are going to run with it. Yeah, um, he's definitely, if he, <laughs> that's the thing, if he can be anywhere close to where he was back when he was throwing footballs, people are going to go crazy on it. So Yeah, well, no use spending too much time on it because no. I haven't seen it, you haven't seen it, and I won't believe it until I see it. So <laughs> I won't believe it until I see it in a preseason game. <laughs> in other quarterback news, a quarterback who was one 4,000-yard season away from tying the franchise mark for most 4,000-yard seasons in franchise history was released. <laughs> Okay. Christian Hackenberg was released from the Raiders. <laughs> oh, that's not good for the Raiders. <laughs> that's really bad. So think about this. Uh, that stat I just gave you. Uh-huh. Christian Hackenberg, who hasn't played any meaningful snaps in the NFL, was one season away from tying the Jets franchise mark for most 4,000-yard passing seasons. Oh, that's not good. And do you know who made that 4,000-yard passing season? Uh, I'm going to say Testaverde. Incorrect. The oh. only person in Jets history to do that was the first person to ever have a 4,000-yard passing season, Joe Namath. Really? I didn't expect him to have that many yards, especially back then, because it wasn't that much of a passing No, I league. I was very surprised when I read that, but... Then I was also not surprised when I read that no other Jet quarterback has done it since of then. Of course. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I was I would have thought it would have been Testaverde. I mean, I don't think Pennington back then would have had it either, but I, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if it was Testaverde or Pennington. I liked both of them. And one other great stat that I read about this whole Christian Hackenberg thing is he is the second quarterback selected in the second round to never play in a regular season game. Say that again? He was the second quarterback. There's only been two quarterbacks. Gene Bradley was the other one. Christian (laughs) Hackenberg is the second. The only quarterback selected in the second round of the NFL draft to never play in a regular season game. Goodness. Yeah, well, he was pretty much a failure from the start. And even when a team that thinks they can do something with him, wants him, they get him, and then a couple of weeks later they say, never mind, <laughs> you're really that bad. <laughs> I, I know it was just for a seventh-round conditional pick, but right. now they are on the hook for absolutely nothing. So 
Yeah. Uh, I guess no harm, no foul for the Raiders, and yeah. I'm pretty sure the Jets were just gonna give up on him anyway. So yeah. enough Hackenberg news. That might be the last <laughs> Hackenberg news we ever give you on this show. I hope it is. A little bit of interesting news that might have something to do with uh, one of our deep sleepers later in this show. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is not going to accept a contract worth less than $14.5 million per year. I just don't understand him. Yeah, that seems... A little ridiculous, but it's. It, I really don't expect anything different out of him because, I mean, he is what I consider to be the best running back in the league. Not talking about fantasy. I'm just talking about pure gives you something in the NFL. And so I understand it, but he is definitely a little, it's a little absurd to ask for so much. Yeah, and the way running backs are nowadays, he obviously is one of the best but right. they don't command these giant price tags anymore, especially when you have to pay quarterbacks so much money. Yeah, that is true. I mean, he'll probably get it from somewhere. I don't know if it'll be from a contending team, but somebody will probably end up wanting to pay him that. I just don't think it's going to be the Steelers. I sure hope maybe the New York Jets someday. <laughs> someday, maybe. We'll we'll hold our breath for uh, a little bit, but not for yeah. too long. A uh, couple interesting tidbits. Jamal Charles and Terrence West are reportedly visiting the Saints today, uh, Wednesday. Uh, I'm guessing they're not too happy with what they've got in the backfield right now. Otherwise, they wouldn't be entertaining so many running backs. Yeah, um... Yeah, I would say, you know, Jamal Charles or Terrence Rest would be somebody who could actually fill in the role for four games. But that's all it's going to be. I wouldn't expect any more than that because, listen, when, when Ingram comes back, it's not going to be Jamal Charles taking the snaps. It's just not. I cannot see any situation that doesn't play out almost exactly the same as Adrian Peterson did while he was in New Orleans after those four games are up. Exactly. Seems like either one of those would be a rental unless for some reason they just go off. You know, we've all seen the Jamal Charles of old, but Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to happen anymore. The the thing you just said is the Jamal Charles of old, and now it's the Jamal Charles that is old. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And in case you've been living under a rock, uh, because we haven't mentioned it since our last podcast, Julian Edelman Mm -hmm. is on fire for possibly taking an illegal substance. Now, I believe that is still in the appeals process, so we won't know 100% if he's going to miss those four games yet. But if he does, there are a couple wide receivers we're going to talk about. Yeah, I would imagine... Our sleepers. I would imagine he's definitely going to get them four games most times when you appeal you don't win so (laughs) I wouldn't imagine he gets anything reduced no I uh, had a quick conversation with our Patriot fan from work yesterday Mm -hmm. as I was leaving and he seemed to think it was going to get thrown out almost 100 (laughs) percent So I don't know if that's the uh, Patriot fan in him that just hopes <laughs> or if there's any basis behind that because I really don't see it getting overturned. Yeah, I don't either. Okay, so before we talk about our sleepers, mm-hmm. I want to define the word sleeper because there are yeah. people out there that when they say the word sleeper, they don't mean the same thing that we do. Mm-hmm. So we're 
here at Fantasy Fuel, we're going to define sleeper for everybody out there. Uh, we were pretty much in agreement, Tom and I, about what a sleeper is, but we'll throw some caveats in there as well. Yeah. And the main definition of a sleeper is a player who is overlooked for a certain reason, you know, whether it be a previous injury or a suspension or just don't have a lot of stats to back it up. Now, these guys usually are always either undrafted or picked very late. That's my definition of a sleeper. Is there anything you want to add to that? Well, I would just say it's a it's a player that's, you know, not well known. And that doesn't necessarily mean somebody that you don't know or that other people don't know, but somebody who's just falling, falling, falling in the draft or, you know, could be possibly undrafted. But it's somebody who you believe has significant fantasy value using logic or stats. It doesn't have to be either one. It can be both if you really have the stats to back it up. And that's basically what a sleeper is for me. Okay, perfect. Now, we also have what we call deep sleepers. And I think there's a certain caveat to those Mm -hmm. that goes a little further. As in, deep sleepers usually always go undrafted unless you want to take the chance on them. And this is undrafted in 12-team leagues. In 16-team leagues, these deep sleepers usually find a home very late or very cheap if it's in the case of a salary league. And that's mainly because there's not been much production from those guys, and there's nothing to base your feelings on other than maybe there's been a change in personnel on a team or they changed teams or Mm -hmm. something to that nature. It's basically a good feeling you have about somebody when it comes to those deep sleepers. Yeah, it definitely is a feeling. And I would say, you know, it's, it's you probably, nobody probably knows about some of these players. You could be one of the only people in your league that even has heard this guy's name before. So, I mean, deep sleeper is somebody who hasn't really had that much production, if at all, or just somebody who has a shot for an opportunity. Because sometimes that's really all you can look for when you're looking at deep sleepers. And it's usually somebody who's never, ever, ever, ever drafted. And I would say if you can find somebody who has a shot for opportunity to get fantasy production, that would be what my uh, definition of a deep sleeper is. And one last little bit. You must consider where you are drafting. Now, if you're doing a live in-person draft in Wisconsin Mm -hmm. where we are, there's a couple of guys that I know are being talked about sleepers on the internet and other podcasts, but where we are, they're not sleepers. And and that's because we're in Packer country. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to be talking about Geronimo Allison (laughs) or Equinamius St. Brown. There, I got it in. Yep. I'm, I think I'm 50% now on our episodes <laughs> for Equinamius references. But we're, we're not going to talk about those guys for sleepers in this particular podcast because everybody knows who they are around us, and there's no chance that you can get them late in a draft. Yeah, absolutely not. You have to know where you're drafting. I mean, and even even if you're online drafting, you need to, you know, spark up a conversation with somebody. Say, hey, where are you guys from? Where's everybody from? You know, just kind of do that. It's a little sneaky. You can kind of figure out where these people are from. And maybe you know exactly what kind of player they might be looking for as far as a sleeper goes. No, yes, it is sneaky, but it's not. It's not. Illegal. It's not or, and another thing, if you are drafting online, a good way to 
maybe get a clue as to where they're from or who they, you know, just their user ID of whatever site you're on <laughs> or if they've picked a logo of a team. Because mm-hmm. I know, you know, when I was doing ESPN mock drafts years ago, I would always have something related to the Philadelphia Eagles and everybody would notice that right away yeah. and I would never get to pick my guys mm-hmm. because they knew if they let them go one more round, they'd be done. So yeah. if you use that to your advantage, you could understand maybe who is looking at certain you know late round guys and you know either veer away from that particular team or you're gonna have to pick them a round or two earlier yep absolutely completely agree with you i don't really think i need to say anything more on that good because we're done talking about it (laughs) and we're gonna go right into our sleepers so here we go why don't you start us right off and tell us of a couple sleepers that might be interesting picks in case Edelman is out. Yeah, well, I mean, if Edelman's out, which I do believe he will be, there's going to be two guys on the New England Patriots that I would expect to be a sleeper, not just for four games because, well, let me explain it to you. you got to watch for one of these two guys to step up, and that would be Mitchell or Matthews, okay? I'm leaning more towards Matthews because he's got more experience, and he has more If you look at what he's done with the Eagles, he actually looks pretty good there. And I think Tom Brady can exploit that, and I think he can actually do something with Jordan Matthews. But I wouldn't count out Mitchell either. But whoever it is that steps up and takes takes, uh, the role in Edelman's absence could be the favorite of Brady's all year. Not the favorite, but a favorite. Somebody he will count on. Somebody he can go to for the whole year. So I I would imagine, even if it's the first four games, it could last longer than that. Oh, I could definitely see whoever, if they step up in those first four games, be integrated more into that offense because mm-hmm. it's starting to look like Julian Edelman can't be trusted to be on the field anymore. It's yeah. just something is wrong. I mean, obviously injuries, but now possible illegal substances. Mm. I I don't understand what's going on up there in New England anymore. Seems to be a lot of turbulence over a lot of different players. And I think Tom Brady can adapt, obviously. And if I had to pick one of those two, I would probably agree that Jordan Matthews is more the guy that would fit that role because he was a great slot receiver for the Eagles. And that's all he is. He's not (laughs) going to be an outside guy. He couldn't do it. He can't match up well against those outside lockdown corners. Mm -hmm. But Tom Brady can get him those short passes over the middle, and if he can make some plays happen, hey, he, he might be worth a flyer late in your draft just to see. If you've got that spot open, why not take a chance? Yeah, and I tried it out in a couple mock drafts as well, and it always seems like he's falling. Uh, but it might be different now that Edelman is on that four-game suspension. People might actually start thinking about these players, so we'll see. That is very true. You don't want to wait too long and have the news turn so bad that now everybody's actually thinking about Jordan Matthews or Malcolm Mitchell. And speaking of players that have played in the AFC East, uh, former Buffalo Bill Deontay Thompson is now on the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I've pegged this guy as a sleeper. He had some really decent games last year. I mean, overall, it was nothing spectacular. 38 catches. 555 yards and two touchdowns but he did have like three or four good games Mm -hmm. and 
there's nothing left in Dallas besides <laughs> Alan Hearns and a rookie. I, I don't know who else they plan on throwing the ball to, but I don't see anybody picking Deontay Thompson in drafts. No, people are probably more interested in Gallup at this point anyway because it's somebody, a newer name, somebody who has a possibility, somebody who is not known and just like, oh, okay, well, I I don't, I get it, but I don't at the same time. I think Thompson has a very good shot at being somebody productive coming out of the Cowboys because it's it's just simple to see. They don't have anybody else. You already said it, and we've said it in the past in other podcasts. They just don't have enough players to say well this guy's definitely getting it and this guy's definitely getting it so we have to figure out somebody who's going to get it and it very well might be Thompson and I could see him playing the fantasy football role that Eddie Royal used to play while Michael Gallup is sitting and learning maybe not getting many targets maybe those first three games he puts up some good numbers get rid of him whoever (laughs) wants to give you something after that take it I could definitely see that happening Mm -hmm. where he's not going to be a season-long guy but yeah anything you can get out of him if he produces those first few games in the season I would definitely consider yeah I completely agree with you on that too because (laughs) When you got somebody who's producing, and it could be, it doesn't have to be Thompson, it could be anybody, but if you got somebody who's producing and you didn't really expect it and you don't think it's going to last, get rid of them. Trade them. Yes, no doubt. And we're going to stay in the AFC East for two more wide receivers, <laughs> and we're going to go to your Jets. Uh, I know the Jets wide receivers are a little muddled right now. I think everybody agrees that Robbie Anderson is pretty much the number one there for his playmaking ability. But your guy, Quincy Inunua, was hurt all of last year. Mm -hmm. And you think he's going to be a sleeper for this year. I think he could be a really big sleeper, uh, depending on how the quarterback play is in New York. I mean, just, okay, so 2016, he had 58 catches, 857 yards, and four touchdowns. Now, 58 catches that's not super high but you have to consider that that was when Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker were the number one and two receivers Quincy Anuno was the number three now I could make an argument that he is the number one receiver on the Jets and I know Robbie Anderson and all that everybody's thinking about him everybody's talking about Terrell Pryor I get it but everybody's completely forgetting about Quincy Anuno this is why I think he's a big time sleeper because you can get him and people aren't thinking about him he's just I'm telling you, he's going to have production. He's got some big potential this year with a team that may need a spark, and he could provide them with that. Oh, for sure. And you were talking about people talking about Terrell Pryor. Obviously, they're still talking about him. I don't Mm -hmm. see that they're drafting him. And that, I think, is a good place to insert Terrell Pryor onto your roster late in a draft. It was an abomination how he played last year. But I'm going to chalk that up to half Washington Redskins management not knowing what the <laughs> heck to do with him because he can uh-huh. do a lot, and they didn't use him. And then obviously he was put on injured reserve later in the year. But the guy is talented, and if they can just use him to what he is good at, which is throwing deep or force-feeding him the ball in certain situations, he's great down by the goal line. He can be used as a different quarterback down there, put him in a wildcat. I mean, let the Jets just 
try something new that people aren't yeah. going to expect. And he's one of the perfect candidates. Definitely with the Wildcat. I mean, heck, he might even be uh, the fourth string quarterback. <laughs> anyway, but uh, I think that it, there's a possibility that, that he could be three strikes are out or third time's the charm. One of these two things is going to happen this year because this is his third team now where he's actually a wide receiver. So I would say the Browns, it was somewhat successful. I wouldn't say it was great, but it was somewhat successful. The Redskins was obviously a horrible mistake. And now the Jets, I'd say three strikes are out or third time's a charm. I'm hoping for the charm being a Jets fan, so we're going to have to find out. Well, and if he does turn it on in the third time's a charm, man, if if the Jets play well at wide receiver, Josh McCown is going to have a great yeah. year. I could honestly see Josh McCown's numbers being very good and another one of those guys you can stream or even pluck off the waiver wire if all those wide receivers are clicking I don't know I'm cautiously optimistic for the Jets offense and I don't know if that's just because I hear it from you all the time or what but I will take a chance on Terrell Pryor in a couple of drafts only because it's not going to cost me anything and I can drop him at any point and not feel guilty about it. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And as far as the Jets go, I'm always optimistic, but I am always realistic as well. Okay, we're going to move to the AFC North for a few players, and we're going to start off on the Ravens. Uh, A couple of wide receivers from there. First one, uh, Willie Sneed. Everybody knows Willie Sneed mm-hmm. now. He had an issue last year with the suspension because of illegal mm-hmm. substances, and he just never got back on track last year. But he's with the Ravens this year, and you and I both think he could be a sleeper. Yep. He's not being drafted very high. All these guys are not being drafted very high. Tell me why you think he's going to be a sleeper this well, year. Well, I have reasons and I actually think this is going to be a, he's actually could be a pretty big sleeper this year depending on how the quarterback goes but we'll see um 2016 he had 895 yards so that's getting up there in four touchdowns and 2015 was about the same could be a little better actually now if you block out last year out of your mind I mean I I, I know people don't want to do that but let me tell you why you do that because last year was Drew Brees's first year with Alvin Kamara and the Saints' offense completely changed. It was a completely – they completely reversed and did a 180 and did something different than what they have been doing throughout the, in, throughout the past. Now, Snead has a shot this year to get back on track. I'm not saying Flacco or Lamar Jackson is comparable to Breeze, but I wouldn't sleep on Snead this year, not just yet, because I would give him a shot. All right. Well, I have a story about Willie Snead, and – it involves our mutual friend mm-hmm. Joe. Four plus years ago now, sometime before I believe it was the 2014 season mm-hmm. started, he came to me and said, Check out this guy. His name is Willie <laughs> Sneed. I'm like, who are you talking about? Nobody even heard this name before. He said, I'm going to pick him up in our league that we do together, but we were in opposite conferences. So. He told me about this guy named Willie Sneed, but he's not in the database yet. So you have to ask the commissioner to add him to the database of players and then add him to your team. And he was a rookie, so we could put him on the taxi squad. I was Mm -hmm. like, well, 
for the absolute minimum for salary wise in that league. I'm like, why not? Sure. Okay, Joe, I'll give him a shot. <laughs> so we had the commissioner add him. We stuck him on our taxi squad. He didn't play. And then two years later, uh, he's still on our taxi squad. I think he'd actually been added to the database by my fantasy league. And then he was actually taken off the database again. So we had to ask the commissioner to re-add him and put him back on our rosters. And then the next year, he did what you said with the Saints and had Mm -hmm. 900 yards receiving and a few touchdowns. And he was just unbelievable as a guy we just stashed. I mean, props to Joe on that one. That is one of the best stories I've ever heard of somebody just hey check out this guy i really like the way he looks he looked really good in camp i really like the way he plays i'm like yeah yeah we can say that about (laughs) half the people in the league that we don't know is going to make a roster but that one that was a good one and uh i thank joe for (laughs) putting willie sneed on my team even though i did end up trading him after that year i didn't want to but it involved getting deandre hopkins so i can't be too upset with it (laughs) you get a pass I will thank Joe for somehow getting me DeAndre Hopkins in that <laughs> league. I guess that's what it boils down to. Yeah, that was that is like the perfect definition of a sleeper right there. That was a deep, deep, deep sleeper. Yeah. I mean, that's that's Thanksgiving Day after dinner food coma sleeper <laughs> material right there. And it, it worked out. Uh. That was a good meal. <laughs> so the other guy that I think is a sleeper on the Ravens is John Brown. He, he's been an up-and-down player. Mm-hmm. He's definitely a big playmaker, and it's not like Flacco is a terrible quarterback and has a terrible arm. He can throw the deep ball because Mike Wallace made a living in Baltimore for a few years getting the deep ball from Joe Flacco. Now, I'm going to give you the stats for John Brown last year. He had 21 catches for 299 yards and three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Not a lot. 55 targets. Now, he had 21 catches on 55 targets. That sounds terrible. (laughs) Yeah. But I looked it up, and only 30 of those targets were catchable balls. And he only dropped three. So he has made the most of catchable ball targets. So if if he's going to get catchable balls from Joe Flacco, (laughs) hey, he might be worth a flyer late in your draft, and hopefully his injury history is behind him. And he could be one of those guys that sneaks into your lineup or is, at worst, a fill-in on bye weeks. I'd say the one thing you said incorrectly was catchable balls from Joe Flacco. Well, (laughs) I'm just just joking. I know. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. All right. We're going to move along to another team in the AFC North, and that is the Bengals. And we have three wide receivers from the Bengals that we want to talk about because there isn't much there past A.J. Green and the always injured Tyler Eifert. Now, of course, everybody thinks that Joe Mixon is going to get a bigger workload this year, and you and I both think that Giovanni Bernard is going to see more catches, and he is worth a pick in the mid-rounds of your drafts, at least in a PPR. And these three wide receivers... Man, if one of them, now I'm not going to pick one of these three guys to tell you guys to go out and (laughs) take as a late round pick, but one of these three guys could be it. The first one 
you want yeah. to talk about is Cody Cole. Well, see, the first thing you have to address is um, you have to ask yourself a question. Has anyone ever said, can I rely on Brandon LaFell? I don't think, I don't know if anybody's ever said that. <laughs> I hope not. So that's where these three guys come into play because Brandon LaFell, I mean, he, he is like, I don't know, he's average. And one of these guys is going to step up. They have to and become above average and be that guy next to A.J. Green. And I think Core has an amazing opportunity this year. I mean, it's, it's time for him to capitalize on this opportunity because – and he's got to stay healthy too. I mean, he was—he's had some injury issues, but the Bengals still have this guy, and they still believe in him, and I do too. So don't be afraid of Core this year. I, I would say if you see him late in your draft, if you're in a big draft, I would go for it. I think at some point he could overtake the role for Brandon LaFell, and it could be sometime this season. We will certainly find out. What materializes if Andy Dalton can throw to anybody besides A.J. <laughs> Green? Um, another guy that doesn't have to necessarily rely on Andy Dalton right. for production, at least if you're in a league that has mm-hmm. punt and kickoff return yards, which we usually are, uh, a guy named Alex Erickson. I have picked him up off and on in different leagues to fill in. and this, These yeah. are deep leagues, 16 teams, but he does get punt and kick return yards. And his stats last year were not amazing. I mean, he only had 16 targets as a mm-hmm. wide receiver, but I think he had one game that was like four for 77 and a touchdown. And when you can get that and then add on some of his 278 punt return yards and 663 kick return yards, you get a nice little yeah. chunk uh, out of a bye week fill-in in a deep league. And you're like, hey, I'm, I'm awesome. But uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't rely on him as just a pure offensive talent. There's no reason to take yeah. him right now unless you're in a punt and kick return yardage league. Yeah, and I had him a few times. Um, and you know what? If it wasn't for the punts and the kick returns and all that, it probably wouldn't have been worth it. I kept holding on to him, hoping you know that he was going to turn it around at some point and get into that offense and be a part of that offense. And he, you know, I got a few catches here and there, but it just wasn't enough to sustain him to be on my team for that long of a time. But I do agree that he could be a sleeper this year, especially if you're in a punt and kick return leagues where you get points for that because somebody's got to step up. And I mean, he's had the experience on that team for a little while now, and I think that he could be another one that. Do that most certainly and the last guy on the Bengals was a guy that I know a lot of people were high on <sighs> I know another friend of ours Asa he really liked this guy <laughs> I think he traded up in the flag league to draft him last year mm-hmm. and then of course he sat on the taxi squad all year yeah that guy is John Ross blazing speed John Ross this guy can fly but He has to have working legs and arms and everything like that to be able to fly. And, I mean, so far this season they say he's looked good in the OTAs, but until I see it, he is not worth much more than a deep league stash at this point. I mean, there's no question. He could definitely give a boost to a Bengals team who needs a boost. Let's be honest, they're not really all that great offensively right now other than A.J. Green. So we've already discussed this. I mean, if he can get on the field and just fly down the field and be open, that that could end up being a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns, depending on how open he is. But uh, 
these three guys, and I'm just going to group them all together. These three guys, if you have any type of feeling on either one of these and they're late and they're all available, go for it. Yeah, just don't pick two or three of them. <laughs> don't just, go for all pick one. <laughs> no, just pick one and hope that you've got the right one. Yeah. If something comes out that you hear that you like about one of these guys, I'll also say this. If you are in a kick and punt return yardage league, I would lean Alex Erickson. Yeah. I wouldn't expect steady production from him because kick and punt returns are not very, you know, reliable. But I would lean him in one of those types of leagues. Or if you have a three sided coin or die <laughs> or something like that, just toss it in the air. Pick one of those guys. They're worth a late round flyer. Mm-hmm. I could see any one of them producing, and I wouldn't be surprised. But I would be surprised if more than one of them did. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Okay, move along. We'll stay, keep staying in the AFC. It looks like most of our sleepers today, <laughs> at least wide receiver-wise, yeah. are all coming from the AFC. Uh, you've got a guy from the Colts, Chester Rogers. Well, the uh, first thing you got to know is that Andrew Luck is throwing footballs. Yay! <laughs> and that can only mean one thing Chester Rogers is going to be getting targeted by luck all right I have a small little feeling about him I think he's a good guy to to take if in late in your draft I mean other than TY I mean you got Ryan Grant as well at other than that you got Chester all right Ryan Grant isn't that great I like him but let's, let's be honest for a second someone else is going to be stepping it up at some point and taking that away from Ryan Grant and I believe Andrew Luck will be throwing the ball quite a few times in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Ooh, nice. Yep. Uh, I think Andrew Luck, no matter what, is going to be throwing a lot this year because, I mean, yeah. <laughs> all we know so far is Marlon Mack, mm-hmm. and their defense isn't exactly one to be feared yet, and they're in a very competitive division now. If anything, maybe you take Chester Rogers late round pick and they're going against the Houston Texans and the Houston Texans with Deshaun Watson are just tearing it up yeah and it's a bye week and you don't know who to pick and Chester (laughs) Rogers is there and you think Colts Texans is going to be a shootout why not yeah there's a few of those games every year where they're going to be a lot of points scored and even if T.Y. Hilton goes for 10 catches and 180 yards, if the Colts put up 40 points, somebody else is going to be getting those. And there's no reason it can't be Chester Rogers. Absolutely zero reason it can't be Chester Rogers. I'm telling you, we're going to have ESP a little later, and he was on the tip of my tongue. He almost went into my ESP category. So I really like him this year, and I think he could be a very big sleeper this year. Well, I'm glad you didn't save him for ESP because I don't know if I could have waited that long for a Mr. Rogers reference. (laughs) All right. A couple more players in the AFC still for wide receivers. Uh, My next guy is Chris Conley Mm -hmm. for the Chiefs. Uh, I know they've got Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt and Travis Kelsey. That said, you and I both, Sammy Watkins, no, I I can't trust him. And Chris Conley, I know he only played five games last year, but he didn't look bad, and maybe not Alex Smith, the game manager, but Patrick Mahomes, the gunslinger, (laughs) can put Chris Conley to good use this year. That's my thought. Yeah, and and I... I'm not super high and kindly. This is your sleeper, but I, I I get it. 
I would I would take a chance late on Conley just because Mahomes is somewhat of an unknown. We know that he can sling the ball. So I, I understand it, and I completely get why somebody would want to take him late. So I, I don't have any problems with it. Okay. Uh, we've got one more in the AFC and one more in the NFC. These are both your guys, Tyrell Williams and Tavon Austin. Now, Tyrell Williams, I think, is on the cusp of maybe not really being a sleeper. Yeah. But he's he's not one that's super well-known yet. Yeah, and that's why I put him on here, because this is the way I was going to start it out. I was going to say, really shouldn't be considered a sleeper, but you stole my thunder on that. But, oh, sorry but he that. is. I mean, he is a sleeper because nobody is going after him. And when's the last time you've seen somebody say, "Oh, I got to get Terrell Williams"? You haven't. But there's. But here are some reasons you should go after him. Okay, 2017, 43 catches. That doesn't seem like a lot, but it's pretty decent. 728 yards, four touchdowns. 2016, 69 catches, 1,059 yards, and seven touchdowns. These are not numbers of a sleeper, but these. This is a guy you can get as a sleeper. So that's why I put him on here is because I completely believe that he is going to be just as good as he was last year, maybe better. And I think the numbers speak for themselves. No doubt. Uh, I couldn't acquire him in either one of those years that Mm -hmm. he ended up having decent stats, but I not for lack of trying i like what i see from him and again he's just another one of those guys you can get fairly late in drafts that exactly he's gonna help you out a lot and philip rivers i believe is on the cusp of a very very good season so if that's the case there's going to be a lot of charger players that are going to have some good stats so you don't have to take keenan allen in the second round and you don't have to try and get Melvin Gordon in the first or second round, you can wait a really long time and end up with somebody who may get you 60 to 80 catches and 1,000 yards and five to eight touchdowns. That is great for as late as you can get him. Yeah, and I I do agree with you that the uh, San Diego – rewind that. Rewind. (laughs) The uh, Los Angeles Chargers are going to be something special this year. I don't know how special because it always seems like they fall apart and choke, but we'll find out because I do believe they have a shot this year to not just make the playoffs, but make a decent run. I think the term we should install for the Chargers is fantasy special. Yeah. Because the team always finds a way to just not quite make it but they've got really good numbers on their players. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if you're not a Chargers fan. You can take one of these guys and not care if the team does bad. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with you on that. Uh, And the last guy that you have down is an odd one Mm -hmm. because he is switched from wide receiver to running back, and that man is Tavon Austin. Yeah, and with the Cowboys not having a lot at wide receiver – I know he's a running back, but I could see them trying to do some tricky plays with this guy because not only is he a wide receiver, running back-like guy, he could you know do little end of rounds and a little trick plays like that. You know, maybe some wildcat. I don't know about that. We'll wait and see. But he could he can return kicks and stuff too. So I mean, this guy, he's an electric type of guy. If he can do it, I would I wouldn't say. <laughs> I just say feel it out on this guy. Wait and see, maybe, because he's somebody who definitely has the possibility that from what I have seen in the past with him in the Rams, he's got that 
electric type quality that I like having in a guy, not just on an NFL team, but as a fantasy production type of player, because that type of that type of player can give you a lot of points. So we'll have to see. I'd say wait and see and just feel it out. And feel it out we will. Uh, before we get to the rest of the real running backs, yeah, uh, I would like to ask everybody out there to follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Fuel, uh, Facebook.com slash Fantasy Fuel, or email us at FantasyFuelPodcast at gmail.com. And for those of you that are listening on Apple Podcasts, if you could go ahead and give us one of those neat little five-star ratings <laughs> or any rating at all, I would appreciate, yeah. we both would appreciate the feedback and to get us noticed just a smidge bit more mm. in that Apple Podcast library. Now we're going to get to the few running backs that we have on here because it seems like everybody knows all the running backs in this league. There's yeah. not too many that are unknown they're just guys that are going late in the drafts and guys that don't usually get drafted unless you're in a 16-team league. And the first guy on this list might seem like maybe even more of a sleeper after news has come out that Deuce Staley says Jay Ajay is going to be the workhorse for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. I don't believe that for a second, <laughs> but I'll let you take this guy, Corey Clement. Yeah, I love Cl Corey Clement. And you listen, his stats on the Eagles last year, if you look at him, it doesn't look like it's a whole lot. But let's remember what he did last year. It seems like he was a monster. I mean, I, I knew his name because I was on him from la last year before he got signed with the Eagles. But I'm just telling you, this guy, he looks really, really good. He's really sharp. And I was on him last year when no one else was, and I'm still on him this year. I think Clement steps it up a notch and possibly could be the man back in two or three years. I don't believe that a JGI is going to be that workhorse type of guy, and I don't think he's going to be the main back three years from now. I think that will be Corey Clement. So I know Sproles is back and all that, but I a lot of running backs on the Eagles. <laughs> let's, be, let's be honest. There's a lot of guys that could step in and do a little something there. So it makes it all seem like they don't have that big of a fantasy value. But I believe Clement is a real sneaky player this year. And I would take him, especially if you're in a dynasty league where you can hold on to him for a little while. I really, really like him years to come. Yes, uh, I would love to be able to draft him, but for some reason... All the leagues I play in, everybody realizes that I'm an Eagles fan, <laughs> and I don't get to take him when I want to. I have to reach for him, and he might be worth a yeah. reach. I just haven't pulled the trigger That's yet. That's just not fair. To your point on the the running backs in Philadelphia, mm -hmm. what I see here is obviously Jay Ajayi is great, but again, I don't think they even want him to touch the ball as many times as he probably wants yeah. because with that bone on bone in his knee, mm. you never know when that's going to just explode. <sighs> and yes, Darren Sproles is mm -hmm. back, who I could see possibly as a little bit of a sleeper this yeah. year if, again, just like with Alex mm -hmm. Harrison, if you're in a league with punt and kick return yards because another report out, Darren Sproles might be on kickoffs this year instead of just punts yep. because of the new rules. Yep. Now, we're going to talk about kickoff and punt return guys in another episode, mm -hmm. so we're not going to get into too much of that here. But I do believe Clement could be the guy getting the slight majority 
of the touches later on in the season. I'm not going to say he's going to be, you know, 70-30, <laughs> yeah. but it might be, you know, 60-40 Ajayi in the first part of the year, but I could see Clement being the 55% to 45% kind of carry guy as the season goes on. And if Jay Ajayi gets hurt, which oh man, I would yeah. not be shocked. <laughs> it would suck, but I would not be shocked. <laughs> but I would also not be super upset because I do believe Corey Clement could just take the reins and run with yeah, it. Yeah, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't have to go on a tangent with Corey Clement much anymore. But I, I, I just love this guy. I really think he's got something special, and it's going to be the Eagles are going to be contenders for a while. So I would I would assume that this guy's not going to be a sleeper for much longer. So if you want him and you're in a dynasty, go get him now. Yep, no doubt. This is the last time you'll ever be able to get him as late as you can. And then if he busts, you're not going to want him anywhere in your draft <laughs> anyway. So right now, this is as late as you can get him if you think yep. he's going to be something for the future. Okay, another running back uh, that I see who has his niche kind of already picked out for him on the Raiders. I'm not talking about Marshawn Lynch or even Doug Martin. <laughs> talking about Jalen Richard. Uh -huh. He's done very well with the touches he's had. 56 carries, 275 yards, and a touchdown. Obviously, that's not much, and that's not going to win you any fantasy games. He's also had 27 catches on 36 targets for another 256 yards and a touchdown. Again, not great, but I think he might sneak up into there this year while those two running backs, Lynch and the Muscle Hamster, they fight it out. One of them is going to secure lead back, and I think the other one is going to be relegated to spelling that person yeah while Jalen Richard is going to be more of a third down back this year and might just get a little bit more playtime. I don't completely disagree with you on that what I will say is that I'm not sure what's going to happen with that offense whether or not uh, it's going to be Lynch or or um, Martin but it could be both of them splitting time and then and not splitting time 50 50 but like there could be a two two running backs out there on the field at all times and I'm not so convinced that if that happens, it's going to be Lynch and Martin at the same time. It's going to be Lynch and Richard or Martin and Richard. So that's where it could he could be a sneaky guy. And I don't really know what's going to happen with that offense yet for the Raiders. But <laughs> that's a tough one because I'll talk a little more about a Raiders player uh, later on. But Okay, we'll move along to another guy that you have from the Ravens, Kenneth Dixon. Now, we've both talked about Alex Collins, but we haven't talked about the guy who was supposed to be the guy last year. Yeah, and you know, if Alex Collins doesn't look good in a game or has a little bit of a slump, I would expect Dixon to get a decent amount of carries. And even if Alex Collins looks good, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if Dixon still gets a decent amount of carries. I like Collins, don't get me wrong, but Dixon is not a bad back. Okay, so I think the Ravens know this. And I'd look at Dixon before any other running back on that team that's not named Collins. Because in 2016, Dixon averaged 4.3 yards per carry, which isn't that bad, and I, I like that. Yeah, uh, I think it will take Alex Collins regressing for him to get a shot. But yeah, it's never a bad idea to 
toss in another running back at mm-hmm. the end of your roster if you have a deep bench and want to take a flyer on somebody or if you're not convinced Alex Collins is going to continue then yeah Kenneth Dixon he sure is worth uh, a sleeper spot on mm-hmm. your roster uh, another guy I think is being widely overlooked and I understand why but when he was on the field before he got injured he looked good and that was with the Seattle Seahawks terrible offensive line (laughs) now obviously he didn't get a touchdown rushing the ball because I don't think anybody did for the Seahawks (laughs) last year and of course they spent that first round pick on Rashad Mm -hmm. Penny and I'm talking about Chris Mm -hmm. Carson he had 208 yards rushing and 59 yards receiving in four games that was pretty darn good for what they had to Mm -hmm. offer when Russell Wilson was running for his life (laughs) so I don't know that I would put all my stock in Rashad Penny. I think Chris Carson has a legitimate shot to be maybe the Ajayi in that offense and get the ball 55 to 60% of the time. Yeah, you know, and we've said it before on past podcasts and previous podcasts, but I'm Penny is a rookie, so you still can't 100% count on him. You have to wait and see on these rookies because sometimes they end up to be uh, – Trent Richardson, and you just can't you can't rely completely on one guy who hasn't touched a professional football field yet. So I I'm okay with taking Carson. I wouldn't expect a ton, but he could definitely give you something to push you over the edge if you need it. Well, that about wraps it up for our normal sleepers. And before we get to our deep sleepers. Tom wants to talk about a couple of quarterbacks. Yeah, and, and I think there's a couple sleepers out there, and there could be more. But I think Mitch Trubisky, we've talked about him a little bit on the previous podcast as well. But he's got a lot of weapons this year, and he's super sneaky, and I expect big things from him this year. So I would go ahead and treat him like a sleeper. And another guy is Lamar Jackson. Not sure how long Flacco lasts as a starter, but if Jackson gets on the field this year, there's no doubt that you have to have him on your roster. So the only thing I need to say about Jackson is if he gets the starting job, watch out. I think I think both Trubisky and Jackson will be good quarterbacks in the future as well. Now I will say with Lamar Jackson, unless something happens in preseason, you probably don't need to draft yeah. him. But take a, you know some other sleeper and if he doesn't pan out in the first couple of weeks of the season just grab him and stash him and he could save your yep. fantasy season like other quarterbacks have in the past uh you know like Tim Tebow now I'm not saying <laughs> Lamar Jackson is Tim Tebow but Tim Tebow I know for a fact won people some fantasy championships yes, he did for the weird way he scored all his points yep. late in seasons so now we're going to talk about some deep sleepers now these are guys that unless you have a deep roster or you just have a super feeling about they're not going to get drafted right they're not they're just not going to get drafted nobody's going to have them on their team so you might not even have to waste a draft pick on them so these guys we have some feelings about they're not our ESPs mm-hmm. we have some feelings about these guys and the first one you want to talk about is somebody from the Oakland Raiders. Yep, I told you I was going to say something about somebody from the Raiders, and I tell you what, I'm not going to tell you who it is yet. I'm going to lead you you in, and we're going to give you a little bit of a taste of it, and then I'll tell you who it is. 
I was looking for a tight end in the flag league, okay? And it's a 16-team league with almost nothing available at the tight end position because all I got right now is Charles Clay, and I can't rely on him to be the guy for the rest for the whole year. So I was going, I was doing some research, and I ran across a guy that I am actually pretty excited about this year for many reasons. The first reason is, is a little bias, but <laughs> I'll, t- I'll let you know who it is. It's Derek Carrier. And that bias reason, and it's a little bit of homer pick, because he came out of college from Beloit College. And that is where I have lived for the majority of my life. And it's not a very big city. So and I was, it's not a very big school either. No, it's not a big uh, college as well. And, and something else that wasn't big was his high school. He went to high school in Edgerton, Wisconsin. Okay, I know Edgerton pretty well because I went to a school, a very small school, that we played all of our sporting events against Edgerton and other schools, but we were really small. To give you an estimate or a visual of how small the school is, my class when I graduated was about 80 to 85 people. So this is very, very small school. And for a guy to go to the NFL coming out of small schools like this is already impressive to begin with. So Before you move on with your Derek Carrier stuff, I just want to say, speaking of the town of Edgerton, mm-hmm. my parents have a little shop right on the edge of town in Edgerton. They sell antiques. Mm-hmm. It's called Vintage Pickens. So if anybody out there knows what Edgerton is in Wisconsin <laughs> and wants to stop by and say hello to the Fantasy Fuel parents <laughs> of myself, go ahead, check them out. They're called Vintage Pickens, and they are awesome. They have all sorts of antiques and neat little Nicky Knacks from olden times. And <laughs> awesome. go ahead, say hi. It would be uh, interesting. Absolutely. Now, for the rest of the reasons that I like Derek Carrier, he has he's gone back and forth between a, a tight end and wide receiver. So that kind of tells me he's got good hands. And as I was gathering more information on him, I ran across an article online that actually I thought backed up my claim even more. So I feel pretty confident on this. The Raiders signed Carrier to a nice three-year, $7 million deal. So that tells me that they like him. All right? It's not just a, hey, you want to come on this team? Okay. It, you know, they actually like this guy. All right, So the Raiders' number one <laughs> tight end right now is Jared Cook. But he, Stonehands Cook? Yeah, Stonehands Cook. He usually disappoints fantasy owners wherever he goes. Cook definitely isn't a great fantasy tight end, okay? So I could see the Raiders cutting Cook because his contract is a hefty $5.7 million this year. And they could cut him without much or any penalty at all. So not saying Cook isn't that great. I mean, I'm I'm not saying he can't be a, a part of a team, but he's had his sparks here and there. But what I'm saying is we know that the Raiders... And John Gruden, under the helm, he wants to become more physical. He wants to change the culture. He wants to get younger, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think Carrier fits that role a little better than Cook does. So it's not out of the realm of possibilities that I think that Carrier could get that starting job if he becomes a starter before the season begins. If that is the case, I believe that he could realistically see him. We could see him at the top 15 tied in position. Well, I'm not going to lie. I would be very surprised if that happens. Of course. But I wouldn't be shocked. So, <laughs> hey, this is that's why they're deep they're, sleepers. They're deep sleepers for a reason, guys. It's not something I'm telling you, go get this guy right now because he's going to help you no matter what. This is a guy, 
you can do your own studies on deep sleepers, guys. You just got to dig a little bit. And I didn't really know much about this guy until I started digging. So I'm not saying we are perfect here on the show, but if you dig, you can find some guys and you can really help yourself out. And you can tell everybody, hey, look at this guy I found. I'm awesome, ain't I? And they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah. that's cool. <laughs> you don't have to tell them where you heard it. You can make it look like you are the guy that knows what you're talking about. Of course. But we'll take the credit if you do want to tell them. So. You better believe it. All right. Another <laughs> deep sleeper for me. Now, this guy's been around for a while, but he had some issues last year and even got suspended for a few games, mm-hmm. which surprised me but in my opinion there isn't much left to work with in buffalo now i know you love your zay jones yeah but i believe jeremy Curley is set to have a pretty decent season in the slot in buffalo they're gonna be behind i don't think they have an offense that's going to shock the world Mm -hmm. and their defense is okay so i really think that jeremy Curley could he 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 could fit into your lineup towards the middle to the late part of the year he might be one of those guys that helps you out tremendously during those weeks 14 through 16 of the fantasy playoffs because nobody is going to draft him unless you're in a 32 team league where you absolutely have to have somebody (laughs) so it's a pretty deep sleeper even though Everybody might recognize his name. Yeah. He's not done enough for everybody to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, maybe I'll throw him at the back end of my roster. Now, I will tell you, I already have him in the flag league because <laughs> I needed badly some wide receivers. So I hope that's not just my hope talking that he's going to produce something for me during the season. But I see no reason why he couldn't be the third guy there. I, they have who... Andre Holmes, who yeah. hasn't really produced much. Yeah. Brandon Riley, Kalen yeah. Clay, Cam no. Phillips, Austin Prohl, no. Quan Bray. <laughs> really? No. I, yeah. I come on. Agree. Jeremy Curley's better than those guys, yes. even at face value. So, hey, take it for what you will. That's my first deep sleeper of the year. Yeah, I actually can agree with you on that. And I like Zay Jones, obviously, but I'm telling you. Being a Jets fan, I've seen plenty of Jeremy Curley. One thing I will say about him is he's got amazing hands. I will never forget a catch that didn't even count because, and you won't be able to find this highlight anywhere. I've tried because it didn't count because he was out of bounds. But this was amazing catch. I mean, to to be able to catch a ball like that is just so amazing. It was one hand, like two fingers, like the Odell Beckham catch back in the day when we saw that for the first time. That's basically what this was like. This guy's got great hands. If you hit him in the hands, he's not going to drop it. So I would assume that if they figure this out, that he can catch the ball, they're going to go to him quite a few times. And as like you said, there's nobody else there. And we're going to round out our deep sleeper wide receivers with another guy from the AFC East who we both love. Mm-hmm. We've I have him still on a roster that I stashed a couple of years back. Yep. Maybe this is the year because there really isn't a lot to work with after Jarvis Landry left the Dolphins, and that guy's name is Jakeem Grant. Jakeem Grant is one of my deep sleepers because, listen, I, I drafted him when he was a rookie, and I, I kept holding on to him, holding on to him, holding on to him, because every single time they <laughs> the Dolphins continued to say it. They can say, well, we're going to get him more involved in the offense. We're going to get him more involved in the offense. And they can say it again and again and again. And they're going to, they said it already this year. They want him more involved in the offense. Now, I've been on him since college. 
and the, and they keep saying all that stuff. But after after catching eight passes for 230 yards and two touchdowns in preseason last year, Grant was targeted sparingly and only caught three passes for nine yards in Miami's first 12 games last year. However, this is a big one for me. This is part of the reason I think he's a deep sleeper. He caught 10 passes for 191 yards and two touchdowns during the final four games, finishing the season with an average of 15.6 yards per catch. That's pretty good for somebody that nobody really knows about. So I'm really liking that. So I look for Grant to be more involved in the offense from the start of the season. And here's why. With the late season success for Grant that we just talked about, he has proven that he can be a valuable weapon on the offense in regular season games, not just preseason games, okay? And Adam Gase, who is still calling the plays, expressed late regret in the season when late in the season when he said I didn't use him enough he 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 expressed this regret so this is like I said they keep saying that they want to use him they haven't but I really think this is the year for him and he was he's for me he's bordering on a sleeper he bordering on a sleeper not even a deep sleeper I'm actually really 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 loving Jakeem Grant this year if you can get him I would I would do it late or even just do it in a in the middle of the season. If you see something happening with him, get him. Because I'm telling you, I really, really like it this year. I am on the train with you 100% on Jakeem Grant. Yeah. Now, even if he isn't involved in the offense like everybody keeps saying they want to do for him. <laughs> yeah, I know. He is a great returner. Yep. He had 190 yep. punt return yards and 479 kickoff return yards. And again, we're going to talk about another episode and a segment about all the kickoff returns because of the new rules. But even if he doesn't, and you're in a league that scores kicking and punt returns, he's still worth a look. And I have to be optimistic. If he gets on the field, I think he's going to surprise a ton of people. But he's not going to surprise Tom and I because we have been watching him for two years now and waiting, just waiting for him to finally get on the field and show everybody what he's got. Absolutely. And like I said, I think he's actually bordering on a sleeper pick, but because nobody knows about him, he's actually a deep sleeper. So I would, like I said before, just, just look at it. If you don't believe it, go check it out for yourself. I promise you, you won't be upset with this guy. No, certainly not. And to round out our deep sleepers, and I'm not even sure if I can call this guy a deep sleeper. The only reason I do is because I haven't heard his name <laughs> at all. Yeah. And it's weird because we talked about at the top of the show, Le'Veon Bell mm-hmm. and all the money he wants. Well, what happens if he holds out? Mm-hmm. Well, somebody's got to carry the ball. And that guy could be James Conner. Yeah. I thought he was a good handcuff pick last year. Obviously, the Steelers didn't need him. Yeah. But, man, if Le'Veon Bell isn't on the field, we're going to see what this guy got. And he's worth a pick at the very end of your draft, especially if the news keeps coming out that Le'Veon Bell is going to keep holding out Mm -hmm. or wants more money or is upset or something. Something's got to give, and maybe it's going to be in the form of an amazing late round pick in James Conner and a running back two, perhaps. Yeah, I mean it's it's possible. I it's really hard because I do believe Le'Veon will be on the field unless you know barring another little suspension or an injury. I would assume that Le'Veon is going to get almost 
every single carry. And but like I said, all James, I, it it really depends. It to me, he's more of a handcuff. But is there's a, there's a very small difference when you're talking about running backs that are backups and a deep sleeper it, it be, de, between handcuffs and deep sleepers because they're deep sleepers for a reason. But uh, yeah, I, I do like them, and I think if. If Le'Veon ever moves away from the Steelers and goes somewhere else because he's just unhappy, this is another guy, if you're in a dynasty league, you could have him for a while, and you could be very, very happy that you have him later on. And that being said, if you have Le'Veon Bell, I would probably be trying to get James Conner or whoever ends up being the yep. backup running back for the Steelers because I'm very unsettled when it comes to Le'Veon Bell this year. Now, I have owned him in multiple leagues over the years. I don't have him anywhere right now, and that's because I just don't know what to think of his whole situation. He seems unhappy, but he seems like he wants to stay with the Steelers, but he wants to get paid a boatload of money, and I don't know if the Steelers can do that. It just, it's very, yeah, I, yeah, I can't, I can't trust it right now. I have Le'Veon Bell in the, in the flag league, and I was offered uh, James Conner. I just didn't really like the deal all that much, and it was fine. I mean, I don't have to have him. I have other guys that can fill in if Le'Veon isn't going to be the guy, so I'm not too worried about it. But, yeah, I would just say that he's a great guy to have for the future. Okay, now we're going to slide right into our ESPs, which are going to include a couple of more sleepers mm -hmm. deep sleepers whichever you want to call them but mm -hmm. these are guys we have some interesting feelings about esp early season predictions in my first esp i have i actually have two and they're, they're very it'll be quick but my first one is braxton miller okay not a lot of stats to back this guy up but i'm loving the texans offense this year I said, what? I'm loving the Texans' offense. I did not say defense. I'm loving their offense this year. He will be amazing because I think the Texans' offense will be amazing. Now, only if Deshaun Watson stays healthy and plays through the entire year. If that happens, Miller will be a big part of the offense. Watson and Miller haven't really gotten much of an opportunity to make a connection with each other. So I think that this will be the year. I think, now this is my first little ESP part, I think that Miller could make such a splash that Fuller may not be the name we recognize other than Hopkins. So you could be recognizing Miller more than Fuller. And now that's my first ESP. I'm not giving him a like a, a he's going to catch so many catches. I'm not doing that. I'm thinking that he might just be more recognizable than Fuller this year. I hope you are 100% correct about mm -hmm. that because when you told me that you were going to do your ESP on Braxton <laughs> Miller, I was a little disappointed because I own him in like three leagues. Mm -hmm. Now he's just stashed. But when you said that, I was like, all right, I guess I'm not the only one that hopes Braxton Miller can come out of nowhere and have a meaningful role in that. Yeah, I mean, and this is an ESP on a sleeper. So it's really not something that I completely expect, but I would not be surprised if this happens, where Fuller is not the one that we all know and recognize, and it could be Miller. Now, my second ESP part, this is not really... It does somewhat have to do with fantasy football, but 
if the Texans' key players don't get injured, this includes all of their key players, okay, defense and offense, I believe that they will be the team to take down the New England Patriots this year. That, to me, is a bigger ESP than the one I even said on the— Oh, that is much bigger than Braxton Miller over Will yeah. Fuller. And again, I hope you are 100% correct And I actually that. really, really believe that this can happen. Now, again, I put that little clause in there. They have to all be healthy. All their main guys have to be healthy. Of course. Okay. Now, those were a couple of pretty good ESPs, even though they were very short mm-hmm. this week. Mine's going to be short, too, because... I have no idea what to expect of this guy. I just have a good feeling yeah. that it might he might actually get a chance because we haven't seen him almost at all. And my guy is a wide receiver from the Chicago Bears. I know they added a bunch of wide receivers to that team to give Mitch Trubisky some help, but they didn't have to add this guy this mm-hmm. year. He's been there even though maybe nobody's seen him. And his name is Kevin White. (laughs) I know that's probably a sore subject for quite a few people, but I'm going to go there anyway. I have a feeling that Kevin White is going to stay healthy this year. Now, that should be enough for an ESP all on its own, (laughs) but I think he could be a decent third receiver for the Bears. They went out and got Allen Robinson. They drafted Anthony Miller. They've got Trey Burton out there. But I think, man, and and I'm going to quote Mitch Trubisky. Mm -hmm. Mitch Trubisky said, he wants to be coached. He wants me to communicate with him every play, what I see, what he sees. And we're talking on the field and off the field about what he can do to get better. Of course, now that's what you're supposed to say when somebody's trying to get in the league. But he hasn't written off football after all the devastating injuries he's already gone through. He's still got a fire and a passion to get out there. So maybe, just maybe, my feeling of Kevin White getting on the football field could come true this year. (laughs) This is... uh... I, I wish our listeners could see me right now because I am just smiling ear to ear just listening to this. This is great. This is the best ESP of the year because, I listen, nobody really believes in Kevin White, but Mr. JJ does. So I'm telling you, sometimes JJ is just spot on on his people. And I'm telling you, if, if Kevin White goes off, you're going to believe everything this guy says from here on out because... I'm, I'm smiling ear to ear just hearing it. I just I think it's great. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, and I have been not a Kevin White I know. fan. When he came out, I was like, "Don't draft this guy. He is a bust." Is- and I told him after his the first year, I was like, "Yeah, I know he he got hurt, but he because no, don't draft him." Now here I am. I'm eating my words a little bit, but we'll see. This is exactly why I'm smiling so much. I can't control it. Yeah, you knew before I even started talking about him that I had flip-flopped on Kevin White. <laughs> but see, now I don't have to spend a first-round rookie exactly. pick or a fourth-round startup exactly. pick or a th- whatever it was. I can get this guy off the waiver wire, and I did. Yep. I got him for the league minimum, and I am now 
all on the Kevin White bandwagon. <laughs> if there's anybody on there, I might be you, the only one right be. now. You could be. I mean, if if something happens with them, you're going to see some more people joining you on there. But, yeah, that I love it. I love it. For sure, for sure. Well, that's going to wrap it up. This was a little bit longer of an mm-hmm. episode than we normally do, but I think Sleepers is something that a lot of people like to hear everybody's position on. So if we've given anybody out there some information that they may have not normally heard or some names that they don't normally think about uh i hope that works out for you because when they do it is the best feeling in the (laughs) world when you are right about a guy and everybody else passed up on him you can rub that in their nose just a little bit at least if you made it to your fantasy playoffs if you didn't then there's no reason to brag about it so (laughs) and bragging is like one of the biggest things about fantasy football that everybody loves to do oh of course of course so all that being said thank you for listening again we will see you very very soon tom and i would like to thank you for listening and supporting us we greatly appreciate the feedback we receive and love interacting with our listeners you can contact us with any questions you may have or line up roster advice on twitter at fantasy fuel facebook.com slash fantasy fuel and Instagram at Fantasy Fuel Podcast. You can also reach us the old-fashioned way via email at fantasyfuelpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you, and remember to stay fueled up this fantasy season.